Well, hey, New Life Church, we're so glad you joined us today on our digital campus. It's going to be an amazing day, man. And listen, if you're a guest with us today, we just want to welcome you on. We're so glad you joined us today. And I'm going to talk about a way to connect with New Life Church and myself later on in the day. Well, today we have an amazing message coming from my good friend, Jason Kimbrough. He's the pastor of our Fayetteville campus, doing an amazing job there. Trust me, you're going to want to lean in and take notes. It's going to be awesome. But before he comes, we're going to go into a time of worship. and We're going to worship God together. And I just want to pray for that. So come on, let's pray right now. Father, I just thank you right now, God, for who you are in our lives. Lord, we just ask that your presence, God, be with us. God, as we go into this time of worship and we worship you, Lord, some are watching right now and they need a special touch from you today, God. They need encouragement, Lord. They, they need to know that you're there. And I just pray during this time, God, that they will sense that and know that you are right there with them. So God, we give you this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship Jesus together today.
Hey, New Life, Jason Kimbrough here. My wife and I are 
the campus pastors in Fayetteville, and we're excited about everything that God is doing in our church. And this Life of Christ study has been so amazing, so good uh, for our church, and I know it is for, for you as well. And uh, today, we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture in Luke 13. If you have a Bible around or an app on your phone, you can turn there. A little bit of context, Jesus uh, had a long day of ministry, and so he goes by the lake and sits down. Uh, translation, he needed a minute. And I know that some of you can relate. Uh, this past week, uh, my kids, are, they're in school. I have four kids. Three of them are in school. One of them's a baby. And they're in school. But they had uh, a virtual day. And so I worked from home that day just so I could chip in, you know, uh, and help out whenever I needed to. So I was taking a break, and I just started washing some dishes. Well, we had a full load in the dishwasher, had a full load in the sink, my one-year-old son is twirling his bib around and throwing it and screaming. Literally sounded like a velociraptor. And my wife is like, I don't know what to do. Uh, my daughter's in her room building a fort with our dining room chairs. My son is trying to do his homework. He needs help, obviously. And then my other son, oldest son, Mac, is in the garage trying to kill a mouse with a shoe. I needed a minute. It was chaos. So Jesus needed a minute. And so he, well, he, crowds just start surrounding him. And so he like goes and he gets on this boat and he just paddles out into the middle of the lake. And he starts teaching in parables. He starts teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, what it means is it means the rule of God or the reign of God. It, it, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6 Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour, until it worked through all the dough. So he gives two parables here, the parable of the mustard seed. And a mustard seed is really, really tiny. Like if you were to hold a mustard seed in your hand or on the tip of your finger, it would be barely visible. But yet it grows to about 8 to 12 feet tall. So Jesus is saying, hey, the kingdom of God, it may start small, because at that point it was small. It it was just Jesus, a few men, a few disciples, you know. But Jesus was saying, it's going to grow. And it's going to become really big and momentous. It's going to spread throughout the earth. And just like you might not think that the kingdom of God would spread that far and that big, just like you wouldn't really think that a, a tiny seed, that this big plant would Come of this tiny seed, the parable of the mustard seed. And then the parable of the yeast. Jewish people baked a lot of bread. This lady is baking 60 pounds of bread. Come on, right there in Scripture. Carbs are spiritual. It says so in the Bible. I don't see anywhere. I don't see ketogenic in the Bible. I, I don't see low carb in the Bible. I just see a lot of bread. So anyway, often the word yeast in the Bible is associated with evil or uncleanness. Here, it's a positive symbol of growth. And the yeast looks like a minor ingredient, right? But it grows throughout the entire loaf 
of bread, and the bread rises, and a little bit of yeast makes the dough rise. So these two parables, Luke, the author, is basically, he's trying to get the reader to understand that the end result of God's kingdom would be as different from its inception as a mature mustard plant is from its seed. Or just like the yeast grows and spreads invisibly through the dough, so will the kingdom of God. It may be a small movement, but eventually the message of Jesus would spread throughout the whole earth. And guess what? We're sitting here in 2020 and we're seeing it all. Think about how the gospel has spread. The, the message of Jesus has spread throughout the last, I mean, few thousand years. I mean, the churches that have been started, the legacies that have been built, the people that have been saved, the small groups that have existed, the books that have been written about Jesus, the commentaries, everything. The gospel has gone forth, the outreaches, the evangelism, everything. We're sitting here in the fulfillment of this parable. This is what we need to know today. You write this down if you're taking notes. God can do a lot with a little. God can do a lot with a little. We may feel like, I know for me, I tend to think I don't have much to offer God, right? Maybe you feel insignificant or like, you know, I don't really have a whole lot. I'm not, I'm not gifted enough. I'm not connected enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not wise enough. We, we know our smallness, right? We, we know we, we don't feel like we know enough about the Bible. We don't feel like we're a dynamic leader, maybe, or, or we don't know, we, we don't have enough money to give. We just don't have enough to give. We, we, we understand our smallness. But God wants us to know that just like the mustard seed and just like the yeast and just like the humble beginnings of Jesus' ministry, the kingdom of God spread, just, it's the same for us. God can do a lot with a little. He can do a lot with what we have. The, the lie is to believe that if we had more, we would do more. If we just had a little bit more Bible knowledge, we would lead more, right? If we just felt more confident, we, we would lead more. If we, if we just had more money, we would give more. But the reality is that nobody has it all. Nobody. We're all weak. We are all imperfect. And God can do a lot with a little. In fact, nothing is little in God's hands. If we just give God the little that we have, then God can take it and he can bless it and he can multiply it and he can use our life to continue to spread throughout the whole world the message of Jesus. Because in God's hands, nothing is little. Now, how does the kingdom of God, how does the kingdom of heaven work? Right? I want to give you three ways based on some things I see in these parables. Okay? Uh, if you're jotting down notes, write this down. The first, the first thing is this it starts small. It starts small. The kingdom of heaven starts small. Big things often start small. Jesus started with 12 ordinary men tax collector, doctor, a few fishermen. Um, it started small. They were just normal, ordinary people. Jesus, one story in the Gospels, he fed 5,000 men with just two fish and five loaves of bread. 
And he multiplied. It started with something small. The Apostle Paul, he, he used to kill Christians. All of a sudden he got saved and became a church planner. He just started ministering to people. He started writing letters to these churches. Scholars estimate he started about 14 churches. We know he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He just started small. The widow in the story of Elijah. Uh, just a little bit of oil and God multiplied it. Just a little bit. It starts small. God can bless and multiply our smallness. In Zechariah, it talks about uh, Zerubbabel, which interesting name. I don't know if you know of anyone named Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel was going to rebuild uh, the temple. And a lot of people were getting cynical because it, it wasn't progressing the way that they thought it should. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise these small beginnings. You know, it's funny. We have Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. And I don't know if you grew up like me. I grew up as a kid. We would go over to family, and we would eat a lot and hang out. During the, the lunch or the dinner, there would be, like, tiers of tables. They were like the grown-up table. Maybe a teenager table and a kiddie table. And at the kiddie table, like, everything's plastic, right? It's a plastic table, plastic chairs, plastic forks and spoons and knives, plastic plates. I mean, everything's plastic. You, you, you're just there. You're hanging out with your nephews and your nieces and whatever. And every now and then you're like, man, I, I kind of wish I could go up to the grown-up table or whatever. And what's funny is, I know, I know some of you are like this. Some of you are like... You know, you're a college student or like you're like a young adult. Maybe you're not married yet, but like you're like a, a grown up. Right. But you still have to sit at the kids table. Right. And you're like, Grandma, I'm like, you know, I have a master's degree. I have a mortgage. I shop at Lululemon. I, OK, like I, why am I at the kids table? Right. I remember I was like this size in like middle school and I would have to sit at the kids table. And I would be like, I'm I can't feel my legs. Also, I want some more gravy, mom, you know, whatever. But like, and so you like wish, you know, I want to go to the adult table. But when you get to the adult table, you quickly realize, I kind of want to go back to the kids table because I would rather see my cousin stick macaroni down his pants than hear Aunt Karen talk about politics or whatever, right? We, we have to understand that these small beginnings, right? We don't always need to, to wish away the small beginning. There's, there's power in just giving God a small step, giving God what you have. Luke 16, verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. You know, new life started small. It's not small anymore. But when I came around new life, my wife was at the very first service before we had even met. But when we started dating, we got engaged. I started coming to New Life. It was probably three years in. We had uh, three campuses, I believe. It was Conway, uh, Maumel. Conway was in an old car dealership, renovated. Maumel was in an old skating rink, renovated. And then Heber Springs. We were just starting Heber Springs. Pastors James and Kamani Dearman, they would, they would drive down on Saturday night and pick up a DVD and drive back to Heber Springs and push push play the next morning. I mean, these small beginnings. I, I remember uh, Pastor Rick, he would get on stage. He'd be like, hey, I'm about to preach, but uh, hey, after service, we're going to the park and we're going to have a picnic. Just 
bring some food and bring a blanket, bring a Frisbee. We're going to go hang out at the park. I remember Connect Class was in the Bezet's home. It was like 60 people piled in their living room just hearing the vision of New Life Church. It started small. Last year for candlelight services statewide, we had over 38,000 people attend New Life Church. What? Just the Bezet family moving from Baton Rouge to Arkansas with a vision for a relational church? That's amazing, right? I would think about even when we moved to Fayetteville about six and a half years ago. I mean, we, we brought like a few friends and family with us. We're like, hey, please come with us. But we didn't really know many people here. It started small. We were meeting in a set-up teardown and putting up pipe and drape and pulling trailers. And I remember I didn't know anybody. I, I would go into Starbucks and be like, hi, who wants to go to my church? You know, like just I would cold call people. Hey, I'm Pastor Jason. It was, it was crazy. And now, six years in, look at what God has done. He's doing great things. God can do a lot with a little. He can do a lot with a little. He can do a lot with a little bit of faith, right? God can do a lot with a little bit of humility. God can do a lot with a little bit of submission, a little bit of surrender, a little bit of availability. God can do a lot with a little because nothing is small in the kingdom of God. It grows into something big. Number two, it expands invisibly. It expands invisibly. Just like no one can see the tiny seed growing in the ground, and just like you can't necessarily see the yeast start to spread through a loaf of bread, sometimes we don't understand what's happening, the movement of God that's happening, the spirit of God that's happening beneath the surface. This is why Paul told the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. A lot of times we don't feel like God is moving. We don't know what's happening. You know, it's similar to dieting. You know, we get all this vision to go on a diet, like, Intermittent fasting. I'm gonna fa- I'm gonna fa- I'm gonna go 16 hours without eating whatever. So we eat dinner and then we sleep and we get up and we're we wake up hangry. Like we're like literally like you feel like you could just go slam 15 chicken biscuits with honey, right? That's the way you wake up. You don't wake up. Oh God is so good. No, you wake up like chicken biscuits, right? And so you're not thinking about you know your your vision. I mean you had a vision, you know. Lose 20 in 2020, you know, whatever. Hashtag, you know, uh, Rona ripped, you know, cut with COVID, whatever. Uh, Quarantine quads, you know, whatever. You had a vision, right? (laughs) But you, you, you don't feel it in that moment, right? So you wake up and your heart says discipline, you know, but your body screams biscuits, (laughs) because we don't always know what's happening. We don't always feel we want the results fast. The pro- we want to see the progress. In the scripture, Paul's talking about suffering and trials. But he sheds light on the unseen world, the spiritual world. And he says, we have to see with our eyes, not our physical eyes, our spiritual eyes. What we see with our physical eyes is temporary. And what we see with our spiritual eyes is eternal. Think about this. When something is unseen, 
Uh, it's not easily noticed. It's indiscernible. It's hidden. It's imaginary. And just because something is unseen doesn't mean that it's not there. If we don't see the work of God, it doesn't mean that God's not working. It just means that we can't see it. it, it in fact, one cannot not see uh, something that does not exist. <laughs> like, if I were to hide something behind my back and you couldn't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not there. And sometimes we don't feel like God is moving. In fact, even in this pandemic, right, some people have been like, where's God? Uh, where's your Jesus? Uh, where's the church, right? But what people can't see with their physical eyes, we can sense, can't we? A lot of you can sense God is moving on this earth. God is shaking things. The kingdom of God is going forth despite this pandemic. God is moving and orchestrating things. He's, he's moving on this earth. There's always more happening than what we can see with our physical eyes. God is moving even when we can't see him moving. And it's the same for you. I want to remind you that what you're doing for God is making a difference, right? Husbands, those of you who are being faithful to your wife, God is moving, right? Moms that are trying to discipline their kids and do their, and parent, God's moving in, in your life. It's working, right? Teenagers that are resisting temptation. People that are being generous. Leaders out there serving others. All of you out there fighting the good fight of faith. Speaking life over others. Praying for revival. Forgiving others. Loving your neighbor. You might not see the results for years. But God is moving. There's more going on than what you can see. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Paul says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. That's a word from God for some of you. Just stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I just pray that God gives us eyes to see. What God, what's really happening underneath the surface. That when we do anything good in Jesus' name, God's working. God's always working in our good works. And we just have to know that God is working. It's, it's like a small investment over time can compound into a healthy retirement. Our investment into the kingdom of God is making an eternal difference. God is multiplying and spreading across the earth his mission. It starts small, it expands invisibly, and then number three, it grows naturally. It grows naturally. My wife, a few years ago, she was having migraines, and so she, she came to find out that she had a little bit of a sensitivity uh, to gluten, which is a protein in wheat. So she's been gluten-free for a few years, which means I've partially been gluten-free, which means we eat... A lot of gross things. I'm kidding. We, we, we do okay. But there's, we eat a lot of organic foods because of this. Uh, no preservatives, no additives, no, no extra pesticides and all that stuff. We're, we're eating more natural foods, which is supposed to be obviously good for your body, right? I believe that if we can keep our lives pure and authentic, if our church can continue to be authentic and real, and we can keep this thing simple, loving God, loving people, being like Jesus, studying life of Christ, and not get so just all over the place and trying to fix and change people and all that. If we can just keep it natural, organic, 
it's going to continue to grow because healthy things grow. And I think as a staff, we're, we just want to continue to be a healthy church. We want you to continue to be a healthy man of God, a healthy woman of God who just puts God first in their life. Love God, love people. You got to keep it real. I was texting, and we've been texting everybody, I mean, a lot of people in our church, and just saying, how you doing, whatever. And uh, it was so funny. One of, the, one of our uh, families texted us back and said, we are well. We are really good at wearing masks and social distancing. <laughs> And I laughed out loud. I thought that was so hilarious. It's hilarious, though, like in church. It's like, you don't have to wear a mask in our church. And we used to preach that. Be real. Be yourself. And now it's like, wear a mask, you know. But we don't need to wear a mask in the way that we live our lives. We just need to be real. That's what people long for. That's what people that don't believe in God and they see the church, that's what they want to see. They want to see people that are being real. And I'm thankful for our pastors, Pastor Rick and Michelle, the way they've led with authenticity. It's been truly amazing. Colossians 1, verse 6. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understand God's grace. And God's kingdom is expanding. So I want you, let's recap. How does the kingdom of heaven work? How does the kingdom of God work? What well, starts small? Here's a question for you. What small step towards God do you need to make today? We always think we need to make giant leaps, and maybe you need to make a giant leap. Go all in. We can teach that too. But today, what, what's just one small step that you need to make? Nothing is small in God's hands. God can take whatever you give him today and he can bless it and multiply it. Give God what you have and watch what he does. Talk to somebody that, that you need to talk to. Forgive somebody. Heal a relationship. Start serving in the church. Start giving financially. Just give what you have. Start praying that prayer again. Don't give up on your dreams. What small step do you need to make? Maybe it's a small step towards humility. Or healing that addiction. Or getting help. Talking to someone about what you're dealing with. What small step towards God do you need to make today? Also, it expands invisibly. Don't give up. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Here's what I would ask you to do. Ask God in prayer today to give you eyes to see what he's doing. God, give me eyes to see what you're doing on this earth. Give me spiritual sight. And then number three, it grows naturally. I would encourage you to identify an area in your life where maybe you haven't been real. Maybe you haven't been authentic. Maybe there's some areas of unhealth because healthy things are going to grow. We want to, we want to grow naturally. We want to be healthy. We just be like Jesus. Love God. Love people. And I know, I know you want to see the kingdom of heaven, the rule of God, the, the reign of God on this earth. Our prayer is, God, let us, let us see heaven on earth. God, would you come here and reign here like you do there? Heaven on earth. God wants to multiply and expand the kingdom of God. And I want us all to be a part of that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. So much revelation in your word. So much spiritual insight. And I pray that we would take this, these words, these words of Jesus, these parables. And God, we would apply them to our life. God, I pray 
that we would give you everything. That, that people today would even, just a small step towards you. Because we know that you can do a lot with a little. So I pray that that's what we would do. And I pray that you would also give a spiritual sight. We want to see with our eternal eyes, our spiritual eyes. We want to be able to discern your Holy Spirit. That your kingdom is advancing. It's going forth. And we want to be a part of that. And God, also just I pray that we would continue to be authentic and be ourselves. And that we, we would lead that way. That we would serve people that way. Just just being real and authentic and just keeping it simple, loving God, loving people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's enjoy some more worship and let's really just continue to pray and ask God, what do you want me to do? In quietness 
Wow, what a powerful song to end our day today. Those words, be still. I want to encourage you to hear that today. Wherever you are, be still and know that he is God. And listen, some of you today have made a decision to follow Christ, and we would love to walk alongside of you in this new journey and this decision that you just made. If you'll text next to 88,000, we'll follow up with you and we'll help you and come alongside of you. We want to take a moment right now to take our tithes and offerings. But as we do that, I want to share a quick story with you today that happened right here in our digital campus last Sunday. A lady reached out right here in the chat and just told us, hey, will you pray for my family? We had a house fire and we lost everything. And my grandkids are in the hotel right now. And we reached out to her. She said, man, the biggest need that we could be met was just some food maybe for the kids in the hotel. And our team was able to be there the same day last Sunday and meet that need and surround this family. So we want to thank you so much for allowing us to do things like this. Through your giving, we're able to reach people right in our cities. And we want to thank you for that. So as we end our service today, I want to pray for another church and also pray a prayer of blessing over you right now. Come on, let's pray together. So God, today we pray for Pastor Drew, Lord, at South City Church. God, I pray that you would just encourage him, Lord. He asks God for prayer, just for the vision, God, that they're pushing forward. And I just pray that you'd be with them in that, God, as they reach their city. Lord, and I also just pray a prayer of blessing over everybody watching today. God, I pray just for a hedge of protection over us and our families, Lord, and health, God, for everybody watching. Lord, I also pray for encouragement, Lord, to come to those who are discouraged. God, maybe they've had a horrible week or got some bad news. And I just pray for peace for them right now. God, and we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you for this series, The Life of Christ. God, and we just give you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen. I would love to connect with you this week. If you're new to our church, maybe you've been watching for a while, or maybe this is your first Sunday. This week, we're going to do a thing called Connect, where I get to talk to you guys. You get to meet me. I can share the vision and the values of what New Life Church is. It's going to be an amazing time. So text Connect to this number, and I'll follow up with you soon. I can't wait to meet you guys this week. Have an amazing time today. We'll see you next Sunday at 930.